0: everyone welcome to the bivada at odds podcast the uh, podcast where we discuss what you can will and shouldn't bet on my name is seth everett and i am the host of this show along with the head odds maker at bivada sportsbook the great patrick Mara. patrick welcome this is kind of a quiet week it's a weird week because we are one week away from conference tournaments the NBA all-star game is coming spring training is here. So it's not like sports are going away, but my goodness, we are in a quiet time as far as the games are all anticipatory.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's allowed me to reflect a little bit at where we were at at this time last year. Uh, gosh, yeah. we, we, we were just kids then Seth. I was yeah. visiting my parents back home in Toronto. I was planning a trip to Boston, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert had not quite yet, uh, you know, touched the mic and, uh, right. <laughs> and then right. brought the league down. Um, we we're, were just two weeks away from that moment where, gosh, everything uh, changed as we uh, know it. And it seems bizarre now to have this moment where all this is upon us. And by all accounts, it's occurring. Um, the NCAA tournament is going to occur. MLB is going to happen without, uh, you know, any kind of change to the schedule. Well. I mean, knock on wood, I shouldn't get this of myself so far. But I mean, at the rate that vaccinations are occurring, it's, you know, things are trending positive. And I think, uh, you know, we can be pretty hopeful for a lot of these, for a normal sports year to the extent that it can be normal, to the extent that things can occur when they are scheduled to take place, unmolested, you know, unmoved. Uh, it's, it's nice to have this. And it's nice to be a, a little bit more optimistic about the future, even if we are dealing with this lousy, smart weather at the moment.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny because we're, so, we're on the cusp. It's not just uh, speculation. It's not long, far off. It's the right here and now. And it's, it's turning around. Uh, let's start with college basketball. The first things first, uh, we, we still have the bubble teams, the, you know, the teams that are, close uh there's going to be a bunch of at-large bids the nit made a weird announcement we'll get to that in a second but right now you're seeing the the last remnants of the regular season and for a lot of teams there are makeup games
1: yeah it's fascinating to see uh really when we get to selection sunday uh who's going to be in who's going to be out uh You know, college basketball has uh, got a lot of criticism, uh, both inside and outside of this show, I think, because, you know, we've been pretty, you know, we've been pretty protective of amateur players in this COVID backdrop. Um, And it's, you know, it's been interesting. Uh, You know, uh, uh, Coach Krzyzewski of Duke has actually gotten a little bit of criticism, uh, not just for the performance on the court, but, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, kind of leaning on the COVID backdrop as to why his team has struggled this year. Uh, looking at bracketology right now, and we talked about last week. Duke is in that first four out right now, as of uh, Tuesday, March second, uh, along with other blue bloods like Michigan State and Indiana. So, I mean, hey, listen, uh, you know, we talked about this idea of you know what did COVID mean for sports, and I think you talk about some of the best teams in college basketball with some of those best historical home court advantages maybe struggling as a result. Uh, Michigan State, Duke, Indiana. Uh, you know, Syracuse, another team that's in that next four out as of this current talking. mean, those are teams that are generally speaking, you know, we're not talking about them on the bubble. We're talking about how high of a seed they're getting this time of the year. So, you know, if we talk about how COVID has impacted the landscape, uh, you know, I think it evened the landscape for a lot of teams, uh, because of where we're at now, because they don't have the Hooten and hollering, the Cameron faithful aren't smacking on the floor in the annoying way that they do, uh. It's been interesting to see how we've gotten here. It's almost like the entire season has been neutral site, which is perfect as we get ready for conference tourney and the NCAA tourney after that.
0: Well, in the interesting part about it, you know, we talked about these powerhouses, North Carolina, Duke that have to play their way in and there's games all week long. And those will be very interesting. And, you know, you see, uh, some of these programs, but the, the weird part about it, and you mentioned home field advantage and, You know, I was thinking about this earlier in the week, the sports that have missed fans the most, I thought live tennis is, is definitely one of them. I thought uh, the NHL is definitely one of them and college more than pro basketball. Uh, I have noticed, and I've watched all across the country, the big 12 in the big, in the sec, I've seen teams, you know, you're up four with a big defensive stand and you get the ball, a turnover, a down and down low, and there's no reaction. And I, I'd rather that than fake crowd sound. We, you know, we're anti fake crowd sound here on this podcast, but boy, has it shown how much we miss the, 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 fans being in there. And I am yearning for the fans. And, you know, I will say this, uh, Alabama, the university of Alabama this week said that they're planning on having hundred percent capacity this fall. And I don't know that that's accurate. And I don't think it's appropriate to be saying right now what I'd rather you say. And I'd rather like what you're saying is we are hopeful because you know what, Patrick, I'm hopeful. I am very hopeful. What I'm not going to be is defiant and saying, well, come hell or hot water. We're going to be there because that's what we believe it like. (laughs) Shut up. Just shut up. You don't know that.
1: Uh, I, I got to chuckle at, uh, I'm going to guess that's your Alabama accent there. It's uh, my
0: Alabama, yep.
1: I'll, I'll give it a passing grade. I, I, I mean, listen, I, I understand the optimism. I mean, part of uh, you know, what he's saying is not just a diplomatic statement. It's a PR statement. I mean, uh, when we look back to COVID and, uh, you know, when some leagues opted out early and players were like, well, you know what, maybe I have to rethink uh, attending the big 10 in the upcoming year so this is the kind of posturing that is maybe you know part of the recruiting process there's definitely a method to the madness and I, I think it kind of falls in line with america the bold and brave we are going to make these bold proclamations and statements and i think gosh if you look at what the uk is doing they are planning on having 90,000 people at wembley june 21st for the uh, uk versus uh, the england versus czech republic euro game that will be hosted there I I, there's I I think they're running with this level of optimism that I think we hinted at earlier that, you know, with this vaccine distribution, which seems to be going pretty well in not just the US, but the UK as well, that we're going to get to a point where this is probably more than likely. I agree. Caution should be the likely approach. But I, you know, I I think and maybe I'm just poisoned from all the politics I've viewed over the years being one of the the odds makers for it. I I, I get it. I get why they're doing and saying what they're doing. I think you also make a really good point about uh, live basketball especially college basketball, really missing it on that fan enjoyment. Because I think when I uh, look back at how I became enamored with college basketball, it was the fans going absolutely nuts. Because let's be honest, the gameplay isn't particularly great or compelling when contrasted against how consummate the professionals are in the NBA, how great and effortlessly, effortlessly, pardon me, they are able to you know do the things they do out there but the fans going nuts make it infectious I you know give me a mid-major game between two teams just hucking up bricks if the fans are going nuts I am invested I do think what you said about tennis was interesting because we don't really think of tennis as raucous crowds but when you do get that really good rally going uh, there is that kind of dull roar that starts to build and even the polite clapping between each points yeah I mean Events like these are meant to be had with fans. It they, they does add to, uh, you know, the perceived gravity of the events. And, I mean, we're excited to see when they do come back. But like you said, uh, we hope they do it safely.
0: Yeah, just w- when the time is right, I'll be open arms. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be ready. Um, you know, when I said that about tennis, uh, this week on Sports with Friends, I talked to Katrina Adams, and, you know, she's a former head of the USTA. And, you know, you think about some of these endurance tests you know the the five setters you know where you're looking for any ounce and there's this massive point and the victor has to now go back into the service box and he's getting ready and where does he get that energy and all of a sudden you hear a roar at the US Open or at Wimbledon and you're like wow like that's that's pure emotion and that's something that's really really good and I just, I find that lacking, you know, baseball. I didn't notice it football. I didn't notice it because I was more interested in the, in the, in the natural noises. You know, I want to hear the ball uh, hit the glove and I want to hear the, the signals being called on the field, but in NHL hockey, in college basketball and in tennis, I have noticed fans versus no fans is a massive difference.
1: Absolutely. And, and I think to run this theme of optimism and uh, we've kind of made it almost a, a weekly update right now, but just curious to see, because it is a good barometer of what the rest of the world thinks. Uh, we've talked uh, a lot about uh, the likelihood of the opening ceremony of the Olympics taking place as scheduled on July 23rd. Last week, we were as high as 60%. And now we are looking at our odds at Bovada right now. We are 75%. So everything seems to, and you know what, I, I always like to say wow, that maybe
0: 75% I mean, that it's happening now. Yeah, That's it's, right. It's, it's going to happen.
1: And I, I, I got to say, Seth, I'm biased because of the chair that I sit in and the position that I hold, but I often think of much like the non-traditional or sorry, the more traditional marketplace, but I like to think of the gambling marketplace as, hey, listen, if people can put money on either side of a solution, they'll eventually help shape what the truth is. I mean, it's very tough to make predictions out there, but if you've got skin in the game, uh, you are indicating something or you're indicating at least a relative degree of confidence in that. So Uh, You know, I'm heartened by this. I'm hoping that I can tell you next week that we're 85% on. Yes. But, uh, you know, and and hopefully, and hopefully we're making money on it as well. But so far, currently balanced actions are not a proper word about too much Epivada. But I I love updating that prop and seeing how that's moving each week because, you know, as much as we like to think about what's happening in North America, I love to see a global barometer of optimism. Uh, You know, that makes me feel a little bit more like, okay, you know, we're all, uh, we're all moving forward in a way that we can be positive and optimistic about.
0: In the NHL, we were talking about the, uh, the, the the outdoor, the Lake Tahoe stuff. And now the NHL is kind of back into its mode of, you know, the regular season. And, you know, (laughs) as a, as just a fan, I noticed this Uh, Sidney Crosby went in the COVID-19 protocol list. Now that doesn't mean he has it. It could mean that he's exposed, and that's not what's at question here. But the Pittsburgh Penguins take on the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, if you're the New York Rangers or the New York Islanders or the New Jersey Devils, you're like, wait a second. I want to play the Penguins without Sidney Crosby. That's not fair.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that – you know, the, the idea behind this, uh, this NHL realignment of divisions was to have everyone play regionally and try and contain things. Unfortunately, the result of that is that you can't, uh, when, so- when something does break in that bubble, it, cr- it creates massive chaos. It creates uh, even more of uh, a disparity and, you know, fair gameplay when, like you've just said, you know, why can't I get my crack at the Penguins with them? Cause we are all in this division, you know, why not have the pe- – if it was MLB, you could have uh, the Penguins you know, go play uh, you know, somebody out west or something like that and have something right. that's a little bit less impactful because we all know that in a season where everyone's playing inside their division, that game is worth more. Every game is worth more than it ever was. Uh, I, I do have to slip in very quickly as I just look at those standings. Oh, it's almost getting tiring, Seth, as a Leaf fan this year. I'm tired of beating all these Canadian teams. 17-4-2. Got to get this bragging because as a Leafs fan, I know where this goes. However, currently you're five to one cup favorites now. And Oh, that sounds good to say.
0: (laughs) You are funny. You're a funny guy. I listen. I, we can be a fan as much as anybody. Um, The one other aspect of this whole thing, baseball spring training is, is going. And when we said we were going to talk about baseball, I just imagined we were going to do divisions and winners, you know, overall, did you say that Bovada has odds on spring training games? Because <coughs> players players are going to laugh at that. And when I say players, not gamblers, uh, the actual baseball players are going to crack up when I tell them that.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's something that we wrestled with. Uh, we, we wrestled with each year, but really uh, since uh, baseball returned last year. And uh, they kind of attacked spring training with this mishmash of rules where managers can, you know, call an inning early after X amount of pitches have been done. They can negotiate how many innings will actually be played. Uh, I would say for the average player, it's it's a bit of a fool's errand. But if you do your legwork on this, uh, man, we have uh, so we have live betting as well, which is even crazier for MLB spring training. Considering that, again, you could have a high leverage situation like bases loaded two outs. And the manager could just say, well, you know, we threw 40 pitches this inning. Uh, I think that's enough. And that just kills it. Guys that are live betting this stuff uh, through two days of doing this have been taking us to the woodshed. Uh, Fortunately, uh, the limits on this, as you would expect, (laughs) are a lot lower. But still, you know, they can stack bets. They can be creative with this. I mean, the sharp bettors more and more. And it's not just uh, MLBX. Uh, It's across uh, it's across the wide range of what we offer, Pavada. But live betting continues to provide these opportunities, and the powers that be above me say, you know, Pat, you you got to put it out there. You got to find a way to get that content out there. So, it's it's tough. It's not something I like to do, Seth. Uh, You know, I was looking at the Sunday schedule, thinking, oh crap, here we go again. But hey, listen, if the players want it, and more importantly, sometimes if my bosses want it, we will find a way to get it out there.
0: You are too funny because I'll be perfectly honest with you. The players, I've had players ask me in the clubhouse after spring training games who won. The players don't even know if they've won after the game's over.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you know they
0: don't know. Like I've had players come up to me and go, "What was the score? Did we win?" They don't know anything. It's 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 one inning at a time, and once they're out, they have checked out.
1: Right. And that's, uh, I, I think there's an ex- extrapolation to that to others. Uh, if you look at like NFL preseason is a good example uh, where, you know, you're constantly rotating players in and out. It's about how you did with the snaps that were given to you. And I think baseball is very similar to that extent. I, I think probably NHL preseason, you probably see teams that would like to finish out the result. They are still trying at the end of the game for something specific in mind, which is getting that W. But yeah, you're right. You don't have traditional expectations in place. The teams are not going to be doing what is the most optimal thing to get that W. And uh, that certainly makes it tough for us to do that. How do you build these kind of in-game assumptions? Forget pre-game. How can you possibly uh, adjust in-game to what's happening if you know that they're not actually trying to do what's optimal. This guy is trying to make contact. This guy's maybe trying to work on his long ball. This guy's trying to work on situations stuff. This guy might want to see if his lefty can actually take on right-handed hitters this year, which, you know, is completely against the grain. It is very uh, honestly, it's it's not worth the effort. Personally, for me to try and figure this out and solve this relative to the amount of people that actually delve into it because it is mostly sharp players at Bovada that are looking into it. However, I would say to those recreational players, don't necessarily dive on in, and I'm going to catch flack from the powers that be above me for saying that, but monitor this stuff, look for this stuff, track what you're seeing. And uh, you know you can probably, because we it's only March 2nd, we have another month before real baseball is back. I would say in a couple of weeks, you'll probably notice some patterns. And uh, if you can notice them before we do, there's a lot of uh, actionable uh, uh, chances there for you to really uh, extract some value.
0: Uh, I am I'm incredibly nervous if you are betting on spring training games bet on everything but spring training games wow I'm well, scared to death
1: we're, we're only 10 months uh, removed from people uh, betting uh ping pong in some Latvians basement sets so you know uh <laughs> grant, granted you know there is a lot more out there now times aren't as desperate but hey uh you know something about 1 PM during a weekday when a lot of us are still <laughs> working from home in various capacities. Hey, you know, that does the trick. That is, that is too much. All right. Uh, that'll do it for the Bavada
0: at odds podcast. Uh, don't forget uh, there. You can bet on all these games, the conference tournaments coming up, uh, the NBA all-star game. There's all kinds of prop bets around that. That is coming up this Sunday. There's plenty to bet on. Just don't bet on spring training baseball games, please. I just, I, it's my public service to you. Uh, that's Patrick Morrow. I'm Seth Everett. We'll see you next week.